HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This week on Meet in 3, we're embracing the spooky spirit of Halloween, from zombies to witches. We're exploring the odd, the occult, and the taboo in the world of food. There are restaurants with no storefront, shrunken down into hundreds of square feet versus thousands of square feet. No servers, no hosts, nobody taking your order. The rats in the sewers are now smelling, all of a sudden, fresh food molecules. And those rats were like, holy cow, follow that scent. Tune in to Meat and Three, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. How do you fit 25 kilos of cumin into your premium tequila? Find out after this episode of Agave Road Trip, which is brought to you courtesy of Spice Note Tequila. Now buckle up, we're ready to blast off on the back roads of rural Mexico on an Agave Road Trip. This is Lou Bank. This is Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that educates gringo bartenders about agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today we are going to talk about... Markets. Mercados. Markets? I thought we were talking mercados today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a... Uh, <laughs> because we are very strict with how we call things in this show. And some yeah. things, even if the <laughs> English word exists should be named in Spanish. And Mercado is definitely one of those. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So Mercado is a market. Yes. And and when we say market, it's it's, it's sort of, um, you know, it reminds me when I was a kid of, of going to the flea market. You know, the flea market was usually just all of these booths of different people bringing the old stuff that they have to sell. Um, and that's not what these are, but it's a bunch of different people set up selling whatever they've got. So, yeah, and for me, when I was young, the first time I traveled abroad, I went to Canada. I was like 15. And they told us, we're going to bring you guys to a market. We were a bunch of Mexican kids. And we were all so confused because they took us <laughs> to something that looked more like a mall. 
Like, yep. yeah, like <laughs> we were just, we thought they were tricking us. We thought that they didn't want to take us to a dangerous place, that they were afraid we were going to get sick. And then after years went by, I realized. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'm not going to let you slip, let that one slip by. You thought that they were worried a bunch of Mexican kids uh, would be in a dangerous uh, mercado in Canada. Is that accurate? <laughs> in Toronto. Is that, in Toronto. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Nine six seven eleven eleven. You don't know what you're doing. That's the number you need to save you in in Toronto. I mean, we did not know anything. It was the first time we were all were abroad. We we're just we didn't know. Like it was for a lot of us, it was the first time we we're in a bus by ourselves. Like I don't know. It was just weird. <laughs> all I'm saying is what you guys in first world countries understand as market, except for Italy, maybe. It has something that yeah. it's it's more uh Seoul has some, Taiwan has some, well like Taipei has some, but the markets here are if you're familiar with architecture, they're not Baroque, they're Rococo. <laughs> they're the excess <laughs> of the excess. They are everything you imagine and more. So yeah, nice. it's just a bunch of people with everything you can buy. Yeah. You want a clown for your party? There's a market to get a clown for your party in Mexico City. It's called Sonora. <laughs> you want market. crocodile meat? There's a market for that in Mexico City. It's called, uh, oh, San Juan. Crocodile? No, San Juan. San Juan. El Mercado de San Juan is extravagant meats. And uh-huh. then if you want to get more experimental, and it's, this is when it starts getting really interesting, is leave Mexico City and start going to the markets of rural Mexico. Have you gone to any markets in Oaxaca, Lou, or any other places? Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, I've, I've been to a bunch of mercados. Um, you know, like, and, and you've already taken me out of Mexico City, and that's the anecdote I wanted to tell. So I'm going to take you back to Mexico City, <laughs> okay. uh, where my friend Jonathan Wilding, that's a Scottish guy I talked about uh, previously, um, took me to a, to one of your, your tiny specialty mercados um, in DFA. And... Uh, and he showed me this thing called golden root. Do you know this 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 thing? The golden is is that a drug? Are, are we are we talking mushrooms now? No, no, no. <laughs> it's literally it's literally a root. Um, and he told me that it was used um, for pre-Hispanic dentistry. If you chewed it, it literally would make it. It does make. You can still get it, and it still does this. Um, it makes your mouth just a little bit numb. And he said it's. It's the reason he gets it is he likes to chew it a little bit and then start drinking um, his agave spirits <laughs> because it's it's a different sensation, right? Like you start losing parts of your tongue and parts of your palate, and it, it adds this brightness. It's weird. It's a weird effect. And so so uh, he brought me there. I got some of that. And then I started dropping it into a little flasks of espadine so that you could drink it and you'd get that effect all over your mouth without having to chew because I'm lazy. You see the roofie, Lou? Do, do you market that as a roofie? A roofie? <laughs> I don't think so. But, 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 okay, so, but now to get back into like the Oaxacan mercados, yes, um, and the, uh, most beautiful thing I have found in one of these little mercados was the Zapote Amarillo. Oof. And then you made me go look for Zapote Amarillo for months around Mexico City. Just to be fair, it's not like I sent you on a solo mission. Like I had five, six people all looking for Zapote Amarillo for me. So there's this whole line of fruits in Mexico that we never see up here called Zapote, right? You got Zapote, 
which is also sometimes zapote negro. Zapote negro, chico zapote, zapote amarillo. There's the white one. Yes, there's the... Blanco. Yeah. yeah. What are you, you, the first time I had just regular zapote and I told you about it, you told me the story of chico zapote and, and the saying that women use. What's the saying? Oh, I love that one. I was going to throw that even if you did not ask for it. Yeah, yeah, please. The, well, so the reason why you have chico zapote in America is because it has super thin skin. So it's impossible to transport it without... <laughs> like like tomatoes? Is it like thin like tomatoes? No, but tomatoes are, are badasses. They, they can withstand abuse. Like Chico Zapotes don't. And that's where the saying comes from. Uh, women in Mexico say, it is, oh, I love your cup, Lou. Uh, <laughs> women in Mexico always say, I love your cup, Lou. <laughs> no, they do not. It's because Lou is drinking, I'm watching him drink, and he's using a cup I got from, from Guadalajara. But the women in Mexico <laughs> say it is as hard to find a good Chico Zapote as to find a good boyfriend. <laughs> I love that. And, and But, but you know, I, I think it does speak to the beauty of a delicious Chico Zapote. And, and so my frustration in finding these fruits is you cannot legally bring fruit into the U.S. from Mexico. And, you know, it's not even like you can smuggle it <laughs> because they've got all these dogs at the, uh, the, uh, the international airports sniffing and you'll get caught and you can get serious trouble trying to bring this stuff in. But... But, you know, I, I love agave spirits, but I also love fermentation. And so I've been known to do some lacto-fermentations in my time here in Chicago. And uh, and so I convinced young Chava, A, to search for months for, for the, the Zapote Amarillo, which really, it's also called egg fruit. It's really fascinating because the it looks kind of like a mango, kind of like a mango. And uh, inside... It's sort of dense. The fruit is dense, kind of like an egg yolk. But the taste is like pineapple, banana, mango. It's like, like mango, yeah. Like, like like if you were to dry a mango without drying it, yeah. which I know sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it has a certain dryness to it, yeah. but it's still... But there's still some moisture. It, it, it's just wild. So, yeah. So uh, so you, uh, you, you chopped it up and you dropped it into a 5% salt brine for me and put it into bottles um, uh, so that I could bring it back as a ferment, right? So it's fermented at that point, which in essence means that it's going to turn it into an acid. So sort of a vinegar, but not a vinegar, but sort of a vinegar. But, but but when I came back, when I came back on that trip, um, Homeland Security stopped me and interrogated me for three and a half hours. And, you know, I, I it's a longer uh, subject, but the like I've I, um, I've been told I can no longer bring in um, more than one gallon of alcohol per year. Um, and and so I bring it in in one liter uh, containers when I come in and um, which is the limit without paying duties. And uh, they stopped me and they accused me of lying about how much alcohol I was bringing in because um, they had they saw I had these bottles of, of fermenting Chico Zapote. And apparently they had opened one because it was live and it like half of it was missing. You just know somebody was covered in blown up, right? Like it's, it's explosive at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the officer, the agent uh, from Homeland Security would come to the airport specifically to meet me and have a conversation. Um, 
when I told him that that wasn't, he said, you had more than the one liter. I said, no, I didn't. He said, what's that? I said, that's fermenting Chico Sapote. And he said, I don't think you understand what fermentation means. Fermentation means it's turning to alcohol. And I said, no, officer, I don't think you understand fermentation. <laughs> I teach classes at the, and then like for the first time ever, I actually knew more than, a, than somebody of greater authority than me. And you felt great. I did. I did. <laughs> And and I got back this beautiful ferment that I've got I've got I separated the liquid from the solid and blended the solid and it's sitting in the refrigerator um, and the liquid I just use as a brine now when I'm cooking. So and I think the big lesson not about your specific story but about markets <laughs> Mexico it's uh, yes. I was big picture. I mean neither you or I work in a restaurant and sometimes we forget about the the things that people in there are looking for or what their interests are. But I remember in Durango, uh, there was, I, I was having this conversation with Kelly and who's a bartender in California. And she was saying that something that will be really interesting for her will be to find local ingredients in Mexico to pair with some of the agave spirits to come up with nice, wonderful recipes of cocktails. Which, yeah, that's really interesting. That Like that approach, um, I mean, any approach to a cocktail, right? If you're if you're just approaching it from a flavor profile um, and you're trying to make something that is delicious, that's beautiful. But if you can tell a story about the place where that agave spirit comes from, it feels to me like you're getting closer to at least what what I feel my mission is, right? Which is to to help um, to, to help these rural communities. In Mexico. And I think, too, while trying to find the ingredient itself, you're going to collect some stories because there's no way to walk into a town market without a lot of things happening to you. <laughs> so, and I think that's, you know, like every time I've had a tasting or every time I had to talk about agave spirits, I think the most important asset that I have is not the little, like the science I know around it or the facts that I know, but all the stories and like, just experiences that I had around agave spirits that really allowed me to connect to people. So I think if you're a bartender, you're looking for ingredients, you should definitely hit the road, road trip, find some of these markets, sort of these ingredients that you won't find in the United States, but you can find imaginative ways of bringing them with you, as Lou has just <laughs> described. And, 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 and you'll find a lot of dried ingredients, right? You'll find a lot of leaves and herbs, um, powders, the chili. Oh my God, the assortment of chili powders where the chili has been mixed with lime and salt. Oh, they're just, they're beautiful. And the, oh my God, and the, like the powdered moles that you can bring back and use as cocktail. Oh, there's yeah. so much richness. It's a full universe. So we definitely encourage you guys to go there after the coronavirus is over and explore, <laughs> find some beautiful things. Okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap this episode, Java. Let's do that. Okay. Hasta pronto. Adios. Hang on, road trippers. We're not done yet. We've got an episode of Chava and Lou's Chat Fest coming up. Hey, Chava, let's talk spices. Do you like cinnamon? Do you like cumin? Yeah, but why do you bring this up, Lou? Well, I bring it up, Chapa, because our sponsor this episode is Spice Note Tequila. What she, and, and by she, I mean my friend, Shital, uh, she owns the company. What she's doing is she's flying down to Mexico, she's sourcing spices, and then adding them to a premium Blanco tequila, and then they steep in the tequila. Then she filters it all out, 
and uh, and puts the mix into a bottle. Oh well, you know we've talked about this many times, and there's a huge tradition of people using herbs in chidera mezcal for medicinal purposes. Even my aunts do that. Though they rub them, they don't drink the mezcal. But I can think of many many places where do they they do similar things. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I totally get that. But I also you know I wouldn't want to suggest that what Spice Note is is doing is that right. If you I mean if you wanna if you wanna rub some of their tequila on like you know something that ails you like maybe your joints or something that's fine but you know i think what they're actually trying to do is be respectful of traditions you know and and to be sure that they're trying to respect the traditions uh, without really reflecting the actual tradition so so Sheetal's heritage is east indian and really what she's doing is infusing the spice foundations of her family into the mexican tradition of agave spirits and I think doing it respectfully, using real spices. She's used something like 25 kilos of Indian cumin and 21 kilos of cinnamon to create her latest batches. Wow, that's insane. And okay, so here's the big question. How does it taste? You know, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I was skeptical, Java, but the result actually really is nice. She made some cocktails for me. And you know, I'm not a cocktail guy. Uh, but these these were good, and I especially like the cumin margarita. Okay, okay, but you did still drink it neat, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, no, I to yes, good call. I totally did. You know, I, I demanded the little side pour of because you know how I am about my little side pours of agave spirits. Um, yeah, tiny sips, tiny sips, tiny little baby sips. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did, and you know, she, it's funny. She told she said she thought the flavor was too strong to drink neat, but it, it wasn't for me. I actually I liked it very much. Okay, so if you're not in Mexico, where do you go? to get this spice tequila. <laughs> so to get spice note tequila, I think they're only I think they're only available right now in Illinois, but they're looking to expand. And in the meantime, if you go to their website, spicenotetequila.com, you can grab a bottle via mail order. So as I said, not in Mexico unfortunately, guys, we'll have to wait. <laughs> yeah, now I'll, I'll bring you some the the next time that I'm actually allowed to come I act, allowed to come down. I'm sounding like it's a homeland security issue. Yeah, yeah. When the pandemic uh, has subsided. I'll come down with some for you. Okay. Well, in the meantime, saludcita and thanks Spice Note Tequila for sponsoring this episode of Agave Road Trip. Okay. Chat Fest coming up. Buckle yourself in for the Chat Fest. And thank you, Spice Note Tequila. This is Chava Luz Chat Fest, a podcast within a podcast that deals with everything that has nothing to do with agave, agave spirits, or rural Mexico. Coming up today, we've got Chava talking about ping pong. Yes, which has become one of my biggest obsessions and one of my very secret obsessions because every time I speak about this, people make fun of me, like, really hmm. badly. This is the only thing that people make fun of you about when you start speaking. Well, no, most things people just don't say anything. They just nod and smile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've become obsessed with ping pong, which you discovered when? Well, I've I've discovered many times. The first time I thought about ping pong was when my dad told me he went to seminar school when he was in high school. So he was starting to be a priest because that was the only school that they had in rural Mexico at the time. And he said that he was terrible at school, but he had a one true talent at those times. And it was ping pong, that he was really good at it. And he said that the reason why he was good is because in ping pong, unlike other sports, he said. Uh, sports. Yeah. Hey, hey, there you go. You're starting. <laughs> uh, the sneaker is the one that wins. So he says, like, not the one that has the biggest muscles 
or the or the or the, it's the most athletic, but the one that has like you know this sneak like the, the the sneaky moves, the wiliest, the wiliest person. Yes, and he really liked that. And I and I thought about it, and we used to play, and it felt like that, you know, like playing with my dad and my brother. It always felt like it was not the most skillful, but the wiliest that was winning. And hmm. then uh, when I was in my time in Asia, I played a bunch of ping pong. Uh, Vietnam, for example, we found like. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like an old people's house where they will have like dancing lessons and I don't know singing lessons, and they had like two hours a day where they will lay down tables of ping pong, and we'll go there to play with the seventy and eighty year old Vietnamese guys uh, that loved crushing us. Like we will make their day every day. They were so damn good and they will just like have no mercy against us God, you know it's, it's funny like the thing that i love about ping pong is sort of the opposite of that what you know it's, to me the the beauty of ping pong isn't playing um playing competitively the beauty of ping pong is finding somebody with whom you can have a, to me is finding someone with whom you can have the rhythm where you can like see how long you can keep bouncing the ball over that net continuously oh that's like, so boring me, no 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 that's, that's the, the point beauty of it that is no. the, how long can we keep going it's sort of like building a house of cards with someone oh, same I thing like I, I, i'm so i'm so tired of competitive sports i like the i like team sports that aren't competitive most when you're you're trying to see how long you can carry something on it's kind well, of kind of like kind of like this podcast if i'm being honest Okay, so, but you know something else that I love? Uh, like, now that you're checking into the competition part of the ping pong, like, I, I love, like, this sneaky part of it. But something that I also love about it is, like, it's one of the few sports where women's and men's categories are as fascinating and are as good. So I've been watching some ping pong on the TV, and, uh, and they even have, I don't know if this is common in, like, tennis or something, but they have... <laughs> Uh, they, they have teams where there's a guy and a girl. Like, how do you say that in English? Yeah, mixed, mixed they, doubles. Ma- they have mixed doubles. And that's amazing. And they're, and it's like they're as good and they play at the same level and at this, with, with the same intensity because muscle is not regulating how good you are at this sport. And I think that's a brilliant thing because I think a lot of the sports by design, the more muscle you have, the better you are at it or the better statistics you have at it. And ping pong is an exception. Yeah, you, you need to watch some more tennis. There's actually, there's this great movie you should watch. Uh, that's I don't remember the name of it, but it's um, it documents the, the, the competition between Billie Jean King and uh, what the hell was the guy's name? Fisher. Fisher. All I can think of is Eddie Fisher, and it wasn't Eddie Fisher. Anyway, but um, uh, Steve Carell and Emily Stone playing it, and it documents the, the relationship the two of them had, and it was very competitive um, as to whether or not a, a woman could beat a man playing tennis. And can she? Yeah, she did. 1970s. Yeah, yeah. It was great. I have. I, I think there's more examples, but I, I guess the one example that I have more in mind, because I, I get to have a passion for it, it's ping pong. And I think the last thing that I'll say about ping pong, uh, what was really funny, is, or at least for me, is like you have different ways of holding the, the racket. So you have like the handshake, which is how 99% of the people hold their rackets. But then you have the chopstick style where you hold a racket like if you were holding a chopstick. So you're like your index, your second and third finger on the front, and then your thumb on the back. 
And there's a whole of technical reasons why you want to mm. do that, but it's a very specific Chinese hold. And we're in Vietnam, which happens to have a, you know, complicated relationship with China. And we're, and <laughs> a lot of the old men we're playing with, they have been through some wars and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and we came in with our chopstick hold and they looked at us in horror and shouted, Chinese hold, Chinese hold. Really? Yeah, <laughs> which was really wow. <laughs> so I, I I believe that that was another one of the reasons why they loved crushing us every time. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you wonder who really thought a Pan Asian restaurant would ever work. I have no idea what that means. Pan Asian restaurant. Pan Asian. It's when they take all these different Asian styles uh, and put them in one restaurant. And but like you can't even you can't even have a Pan Asian game of ping pong without <laughs> there being outrage. How can you have you know? Yeah. yeah okay. I get it. Food? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that's the end of my story. <laughs> okay, Chava. Thanks for this chat fest. Thanks for chatting me up about the ping pong. I'll catch you next episode. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.